This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Super stoked to be here with you today. Uh, This is part three, and I am super excited to be ministering this message to you, uh, making room, and I hope you're enjoying your fast for one weekend, and we got one week to go. So um, we're going to dive right into the Word of God here. I hope you enjoyed just uh, the prayer before this that Crystal Gale um, um, led us in, and um, we're going to continue this series here, part three, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter nine, and I'm going to pray. All right, I'll let you know exactly what we're gonna read and all that, but Matthew chapter nine, and, and let me pray here. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, uh, for giving us revelation. I pray right now in Jesus' name that we are changed. Lord Jesus, do your work in us. Speak to us, anoint us, and make us more like you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said amen. All right, here we go. We're going to be reading a story here out of the book of Matthew. Um, We'll be starting in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. And this same story is also in the account of Mark. So we'll be jumping over to to Mark chapter 5 and kind of reading the same story just from Mark's perspective. So, so, so the, the gospel of Matthew, uh, uh, it, it's the account of Matthew as well as the account of Mark as, as far as this story is told. And so um, this is in obviously the life of Jesus and his ministry and what um, he did for, for a few people here. And we're just going to walk this through. All right. So here we go. Matthew chapter nine, verse 18. It says this, and I'm going to read to verse 19 uh, initially. We're going to kind of read through this whole story, though. Uh, But it it reads, while he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Okay, verse 19. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. I love this right here. I am blown away by the faith of this ruler. Okay, um, and um, and and this is this is this is powerful. This is amazing. All right, and so the first thing he does, the first thing this man does, is he worship. Okay, so now think about this for a second. His daughter is dead. His daughter is dead. Yet, this ruler made room to worship Jesus, to worship Jesus before he even talks to him, addresses anything. His, he, he was a worshiper. He, 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 he worshiped first, all right? And so, and so this is my first point, is, is let's, let's make worship a priority. And what I mean, I know that can just sound kind of cliche and all that, but think about how much of a priority that he made it, okay? His daughter 
is dead, and yet he worshiped first, all right? And so this really spoke to me, and, and we want to um, not allow our circumstances to rob us of the joy of worshiping God, all right? Uh, the, this man was probably um, obviously, um, you know, in a situation, uh, he's probably bothered um, and, 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 and his emotions and frustrated and just trying to keep it together to some degree. I mean, this is his daughter now. And yet he started, his, his initial approach toward Jesus was worship. All right, and so so this word worship is a very physical word. It means to it means to bow down and to prostrate before God. It means to kiss the hand. It's very much. Um, it's not like theoretical. It's not. It, it's very much a, a a a posture. It has these this this connotation that there's this physical expression in it. And this man approaches Jesus and he worships. He worships. He, he comes to him, obviously with a request. He has the faith to even say, hey, if you lay your hand on her, she's gonna live. But he begins with worship. He begins with worship. All right, let's go to verse 20. And suddenly, so in the midst of this, it, Jesus and his disciples are following him. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment, verse 21, and she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, um, for she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Verse 22, but Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well, and the woman was made well from that hour, all right? Um, and here's another thing too. Like I, 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 this, this story is really interesting to me, just how seamless Jesus, right, was able to like basically some, you know, this ruler comes to him and says, my daughter is dead, worships him. And obviously it gets Jesus' attention. Him and his disciples are like, okay, let's go. Let's go to this ruler's house, all right? And then um, on his way, a woman touches him, draws power from him, all right? And he's like, who touched me? And he, he's talking to her now. Like Jesus was not in a frenzy. He, he was able... <laughs> He was able to obviously comfort this man, like, hey, we're gonna go with you, okay, let's go, you know, they're walking along. And then he he enter, he has this this like um, random kind of out of the blue interaction with with this woman, and um, you know, the power of God's moving, and he's like, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. Like, like Jesus is not in some kind of hurry, right? He's he's just, I mean. I praise the Lord, right? No wonder they call him the Prince of Peace, right? And so I know in this in this series this month, we're talking about, you know, making room. And I think, uh, I, I really believe 
that as we make room for God and make room to 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 worship him to be intimate with him to pray to 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 kind of clean out some of the clutter some of the some of the unhealthy busyness in our life if you will and i believe when we do that that we can have this rhythm of life and we are walking with god through this life that that we can walk through life and even when situations come at us, when things happen, when people have needs, when when we have needs or whatever, just life, the, the normal things that kind of happen in life, as you can see have happened here in, in Matthew chapter 9, and yet still be able to walk through it in the very peace of God. Like that Jesus is our example. Like he was not in a hurry, nor did he say, look, I ain't got time for you, girl. I got, I got somewhere to go or, or, you know what I mean? He was, you know, he wasn't flustered. He doesn't show any sign of frustration. I mean, he is just walking with God. The Bible says that, that he, he said, Jesus said, you know, I only do what the father tells me. And so the Father is leading him. God is leading Jesus, God the Father. He's doing what the Father is commanding him. He is living in the will of God. He is, he is living out God's purpose for his life in the earth. And these are intense situations, and yet he's able to walk through them um, in the peace of God. And so Christ is in us. I want to encourage you this year in making room. Let it, let it not just be a nice little series in January, but really, um, let's, 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 let's make room in our life so we can walk with God so that our soul, our emotions, our, our minds, our, we, 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 we don't give in to anxiety and fear and, and, and these, and these things. And some of these things are, maybe it's, maybe we are overstimulated, overstimulated. Maybe we got too much stuff coming at us. Maybe we got too much technology, too many screens, right? And so we got to shut that stuff out. You know, Jesus made time to pray. He, he got away at times. You'll see in the gospels where he went away on a mountain to pray. I, you know, as we said last week, one of the main points last week was make time for prayer, make time for Bible study. When we make room, we find rest. And I wanted to kind of revisit that here for a second because you could see how Jesus walked in divine rest. He lived in a place in a communion with the Father that brought such a peace into his life that even these interactions with people with needs and situations, he was able to walk through it um, in, a, in such a supernatural way, being led by the Spirit of God, touching people, impacting people, and, and yet he himself, you could see that he was walking in the very peace of God. Which brings me to a question, all right? Um, do we allow the Spirit of God to make, you know, midday course corrections? Right, so so this was a course correction um, because Jesus was going somewhere, and then this woman came along, and and 
Um, I believe, you know, I, I, I mean, if anybody knows me, knows, like, I believe in focus and, and, and staying on track and staying focused, but, but this is very powerful to me to see that how Jesus was able to do this and not, and not, um, and not get off track. He, he, he got where he needed to go still, okay? But I believe we can be, make room, I believe we can really make room to be led by the Spirit and, and, and be open to potentially fill a need somewhere, serve somebody somewhere, bless somebody somewhere, even in the normal rhythm of our life, even when we got somewhere to go. Okay, I, I believe that's somewhere that I can, I can uh, be open to the Lord more and proactively say, God, is there, you know, uh, Lord, I'm open to you today. I, I'm not saying that we throw out our responsibilities, right? This is not what happened with Jesus. But it, on the way to one place, he was open to minister to this woman and she got ministered to and he kept going and he kept, getting to where he was heading, uh, but uh, can, do we have room for that, right? We're talking about making room. Do we have room in our lives, in the busyness of our life, to be led by the Spirit and to serve and to bless and to maybe even pray for somebody along the way? Come on, somebody. Do we allow the Spirit of God to make midday course corrections? And um, I believe we can all think about that. Take that into our prayer times. Write that in your prayer journal uh, this week, all right? And, 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 and say, Lord, uh, lead me today. You know, God, use me today. Just as you use Jesus, you're on your way to, to um, he was on his way to, to Jairus' house, the ruler, and, and yet he had a moment with this woman with an issue of love for 12 years and she got healed, all right? So here we go. We're gonna go to Mark chapter five now. It's the same um, story, just different account, okay? So this is Mark's account, and in Mark's account, it actually mentions his name, Jarius. okay? But Mark chapter 5, verse 35. So we're just continuing, okay? So Mark 5, 35, it says, while he, he was still speaking, this was after the woman with the issue of blood got healed, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Now he knew she was dead because he told uh, Jesus already uh, before this, hey, my daughter's dead. But they came and they're just reiterating the obvious, okay? We know she's dead. He knew she was dead. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Okay? And this, this is something here, and, and we've all experienced this, that right before the breakthrough, before the miracle, before the thing, God, whatever God is doing in your life, whatever he's calling you to, whatever it is that, that he has purpose for you, whatever it is, your healing, your breakthrough, um, you know, the, the, the next season of your life, whatever he is doing in and through you, there is always a voice of fear and doubt before the miracle. And, and, and here it comes, the voice. I mean, it's, I mean, I, it was just like perfect timing, right? Like, um, you know, he got, he worshiped, he got Jesus' attention. He's walking with Jesus back to his house and you have people there voicing out the obvious, voicing out the negative. I'm sure we got people in our lives like that, that like, you know, you might even be, you ever be in a situation, it's a tough situation. And there, people are just voicing the problem. You're like, uh, 
that is not helping right now. Um, can you just please help with the situation as opposed to voicing the problem? We have three small children and children, um, unbeknownst to them, they somehow, when things go wrong, they somehow have a way of just voicing the problem. <laughs> You know, they're like, well, why is that broken? What happened? What happened? Who did that? Who broke that? Why is it broken? We're like, well, that is not helping. You know what I mean? Um, so I think I experienced that actually recently with one of my kids, um, just voicing the problem. All right. Um, but here we go. This is my next point. All right. Shut down fear and doubt. That, that's what needs to be done. Okay when that happens. So you got to shut it down. Um, and I know that word shut down, shut it down. I know that can come across like that. That doesn't give us license to be rude to people, but we've got to shut it down. What, even sometimes that voice is sometimes not coming from people, although it can, it can come from our own fears, our own doubts, our own unbelief. And we need to shut that down. We don't be um, sympathetic or, you know, uh, for doubt or unbelief, anxiety, fear, any kind of thing like that. Do not sympathize with that voice, those voices. Am I right? Don't sympathize. Don't, don't give it room. You know, the Bible says, do not give place to the devil. All right? Don't let his foot in the door. Okay? Shut it down. Shut that door. All right? So let's look at Mark chapter 5, verse 36 now. Look, look what Jesus did. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. I'm telling you, words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, because he knew it was going to affect him. Jesus saw those words and he looked at the ruler and saw those words affecting him, maybe even beginning to be planted in his mind, in his soul, in his emotions. And he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. All right, you got to shut down fear and doubt. Shut it down. Quiet the noise. Command the voice of the enemy to be silenced. As Jesus said, when he cast the devil out of somebody, he said, you know, be quiet and come out, right? Basically, modern vernacular, shut up and come out, okay? So we must rise up in our spirit, church. We must rise up in our spirit, okay? And and, 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 and shut that down. That's what Jesus did. He, he heard those words and he spoke immediately to the, to, to the synagogue ruler and said, do not be afraid, only believe. So it's interesting how um, fear and doubt are so, they're, they're like cousins. Fear and unbelief, man, they go together. You know, fear causes um, unbelief. Unbelief brings fear, right? Like and so that in Jesus' very words, he says, do not be afraid. Do not fear, only believe. The answer to fear is to believe, all right? So we must, once again, we must rise up in our spirit and refuse to partner with the voice of the enemy. I'm gonna say this again. We must rise up in our spirit this year. Rise up in our spirit, 
in the word of God, what God has said, and, and refuse, absolutely refuse to partner with the lies of the enemy. All right, verse 37, verse 37, Mark 5, 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Here we go again. So number one, right, he shut down the voices. He shut down the voice of fear, the voice, you gotta shut that down. Next thing he did was like, look, I need the right people up in here. You gotta shut down the voice of the enemy and you gotta partner with the right people. I'm telling you, I'm gonna encourage you, right? We all need faith-filled believers, all right? We need faith-filled friends. Jesus was like, look, nobody's coming up with me up into there except Peter, James, and John. All right, that Jesus inner circle, okay? You know, we, we, he shut down the doubt and he permitted only that inner circle in this situation, okay? Uh, inner circle is very important. We need believers around us when the times get tough, when the devil's running his mouth. That's when you gotta pull in that inner circle. I don't know who it is for you, but that inner circle matters, okay? Uh, you know, and here's my next point, and it's a question. Who's in your inner circle? Who is that? Who are, who are the confidants? Who are the, the, the ones called along your side? Who is in that community around you? Okay, and look at none of us are so spiritual that, that we don't need strong people around us. It doesn't matter how strong you are. I'll tell you what. The stronger you are in the Lord, the stronger the people you need around you. Come on, somebody. All right, so once again, who's in your inner circle, right? The inner circle, it matters. Once again, once again, make worship a priority, church. Make worship a priority. Make worship a priority. Shut down fear and doubt. And you have to answer the question, who's in your inner circle? All right, this doesn't mean you have all type of friends and all different type of friends, um, uh, you know, at all different, um, in all different places, okay? I got friends, I got all kind of friends, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got friends in trouble. I got friends trying to get out of some trouble. Um, you know, I, I and I, I, have, I have an inner circle of friends. When, when I need believers, I need, when I call somebody, when I'm in a situation, when I'm in a circumstance, when I need Somebody that's going to speak life, that's going to give me the word of God, that's going to literally pray and 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 and, and be there and kind of and 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 they and and they're going to speak to purpose and destiny and the kingdom of God. That 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 is so important. That is so important. All right, Hallelujah. So let's go to let's go again here. Mark five thirty eight. Okay, Mark five thirty eight. Then he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and, and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with them and entered where the child was lying. So there it is again. When he got to the house, he put them 
all outside. He put them all outside. Hallelujah. All right. The way we make room for miracles in our life is we set those boundaries in our life. I believe there's people out there right now that you are too sympathetic with the doubt. You allow the doubt, you rehearse it, the fear, the anxiety. You allow it to just run its course and maybe even just run you down and and drag you down. And by the spirit of God, the grace of God, the anointing of God, the word of God, who you are in Christ, I encourage you to rise up and to shut it down. Jesus had no problem shutting down the doubt. You notice, I love how he even spoke to the ruler. He didn't condemn the doubters. He didn't reject them. He didn't make them feel like losers. He did not shame them, but he did look at the ruler and said, do not fear. I mean, he just spoke life. And and when he got to the house, he had to kind of create some separation. And he's like, look, um, you know, he had to put them outside. And obviously they obliged. There's no, there's no sign of, of tumult here, like as far as interaction. Um, so, um, and the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes um, people can get a little passionate and then, and then in them wanting to create those boundaries or, or um, you know, kind of get the doubt out. Sometimes they can, they, 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 they can be rude in, in their process. And that, that, that is not what Jesus did here, but he hadn't, he had the wisdom of God on how to create a separation. Okay. I love y'all. Um, but this moment right here, I'm only having the, like, like this is who I'm rolling with in this situation. It wasn't rejection. It was it was just clarifying that we want a miracle and the inner circle matters. We need a breakthrough for Jarius and the inner circle matters. We need this girl to get up, to rise up, to live again, and the inner circle matters, all right? The inner circle matters. Here we go, let's go. Now we're gonna jump to Matthew now, okay? We're going to jump back to Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to read it in Matthew real quick here, okay? But Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. Matthew 9, 23. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, here it is, make room. Okay? So he making room is in this in this scripture it means that he had to differentiate who he's partnering with for this miracle and who needs to step outside. You know, there, there, there came a, a, a separation here, a separation. I remember when I was a young adult, uh, 
and this prophet came and uh, he, he prophesied over me and he, he mentioned me how I would step into a season of pastoring. This was when, you know, this was like in the uh, late 90s or something. Um, he said, you know, you'd be coming to a season of pastoring and, and this and that. And he said, and he said this to me, and, and this is where making room matters to your walk with God, okay? And, and, and how Jesus stepped in here. And he, he said to them, make room. Make room. So there's a lot going on. There's come out and it's like too much going on here. Jesus stepped in and divine order steps in. And he said, make room. I believe God, Jesus, is stepping into our life, stepping into our house right now. And he's saying, make room, make room. And this prophet said, you're around some people and it's not that they're bad people. It's not that they're good people. It's not, you know, it, it's just that there, there comes a point and a time where God desires to separate you and you're coming into a season of separation. Separation, not that I'm gonna go live in a cave and not have any friends, but but in that moment in my life, the people I was hanging around with, and do, you know, it was just that God was pulling me, separating me, for a purpose for my life uh, from the current people I was around. And, um, and I believe that um, that's what God is doing in our lives right now. It might not necessarily be people for you. That's just what was spoken to me. It just came to me as I was sharing this and how Jesus walked in and just said, make room. And there came a separation. There was a lot of people in there, but he's like, hey, I got... I got my boys with me, right? I got Peter, James, and John, and, and I got the parents, okay? And so he's like, man, this is who needs to be in the room. And all this other stuff right now just needs to go outside, all right? And, and it, I don't know, maybe some of you, it's your marriage. Maybe there's voices in your marriage or around, and it's just, it's a lot. It's, it can be confusing and all over the place. Say, you know what? Come on, husband and wife, you need to step in there and be like, make room. Get the noise out. I don't know what, what's taking up space. In this situation, it was people that were noise, noisy crowd wailing. Think about this noise. They're flute players. I mean, because it was basically somewhat of a, of, a, of a funeral, if you will, that they, you know, it was just, he's like, got to get the noise out. Verse 24 again, Matthew 9, 24, I'll read it again. And he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And guess this is why he had to get him out of there. Because once he spoke the truth and they ridiculed him. Okay, this is in Matthew's account. You can read it in Mark's as well. Okay, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, I don't know what represents the crowd in your life, but the crowd church needs to be put outside. The noise, the clamor, the doubt, the fear, whatever it is, it needs to be put outside. He went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. And the pro a report of this went into all that land. 
all right? Here's my last point. And I know it's simple, but we need to do this. Make room for the miracle. Make room, make room, initiate, make room for the miracle. Hallelujah. I'm gonna read it out of Mark, Mark's account here, Mark 5, 41 to 43 quickly. It reads, and he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Verse 42, immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it. And he said that something should be given to her to eat. Make room for the miracle. I just pray, God, that we would make room. Or rather, God, our prayer is that we would allow you to make room. Lord, as you walked into this house, Jerry's daughter's dead. There's the clamor, the noise, the doubt, the fear, the sadness, the depression. You walked in, Jesus, and you said, make room. So Lord, we receive that today. We receive it. You're walking into our heart, our life, our, our situation, our circumstance. And Jesus, you are saying today, make room. And so, Lord, we receive that. Lord, we, we, we put our hands to this. We, we will take action, Lord. We vow to take action of clearing out the clutter and the noise that is taking up space. Lord, what is in our space, God? Show us. If, if it's something we don't see, God, reveal it to us. And we just receive that today, Lord. We pray as we, as we close out our fast this next week, God, I pray that, that you would give us revelation, understanding on what and where we need to make room for you so we can see you work, so we can experience and walk in the miracles you have for us. And we thank you, God, for the simplicity of this message today to simply allow you to step into our life and declare to us, make room. We thank you, God, for your continued work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Peace.